Hey there, and welcome to the daily podcast where wisdom smacks us with kisses or love taps. I'm Michelle Spiva, a wisdom strengthening coach, your host, and practical priestess of wisdom. Join us daily to gain wisdom and mental strength as we tackle innovative thinking, address emotional and behavioral life traps, and yes, provide you with some practical how-tos to wrap it all up. So settle in or crank up the speed 2x, whatever gets your mental processes firing as we dive in. Stay tuned. Hey there, Mona Me. It's Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom with today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. Come on in the room and join me because today we're going to be talking about how to keep things in reserve. It's going to be good because I'm going to be talking about three different areas that you deal with with yourself and some wisdom smacks that I've learned after being able to take a break and really get down into what makes us be able to do so that we can be and have, it's going to be good. I'm inviting you to come on in the room with me and I'll see you on the flip. Hey there, let's go on and get into it. And today we're going to be talking about keep some in reserve, like we said in the A part. And as you may know, uh, if you're listening to this at the time of recording, we just had a break. I I wanted to say between seasons, but um, I took a break and uh, got a chance to replenish, uh, refill, catch up on a lot of books that I wanted to just really concentrate on, did a lot of writing and the like. And so I'm ready to go. And I'm ready to just say that the time that I took showed me something about timing, about pacing, and about uh, personal, all these Ps, uh, personal purpose and uh, reflection and perfection and all of that. And so when we're talking about keep some in reserve, what wisdom is showing is that just like machinery and computers and all of the things that we use in our lives, they are patterned off of the wisdom of us. And that means that we have to not get down to empty, to dried out, and to used up. And it was refreshing after I finally got a chance to slow it down, get past any guilt. And shout out to those people who reached out to me were like, what's going on? Are you okay? And I was like, no, I'm just taking a break. And um, it was fun because I was like, there are 400 plus episodes for you guys to uh, re-listen to if you've not, you know or catch up on some you know while I take a break and yeah it felt good <laughs> so with that thank you so much and I do appreciate you I don't take you for granted thank you for listening I really do want to say that so in keeping some in reserve I want to talk today about a few things I want to talk about uh, 
what we do with ourselves and our lives, what we do with our perception of what we're supposed to be doing with our lives, and what we do with our station of who we are with others in our lives. And so that we can kind of like just allow wisdom to shine a light on some areas that we may need to sure up and we may need to take a look at. So with that, the first thing I want to say is, is what we're doing. Now, if you've been hanging with me for a while, you know that there is a a particular type of um, process I like to go through. And that is be, do, have, meaning starting with the being of who we be and then looking at the doing and then looking at the having. But wisdom has been working on me and has been saying that, you know, do, there's a reason why that do is in the middle. And it is not because it usurps our being, but more so it spins out and affects our being and our having. And so to deny us being able to sometimes start at what we do is to take away some of the wisdom that we can receive from looking at the actions. And it was, I'm going to say it was, um, Almost kind of like I felt like I was regressing when I was looking at the doing part of, of, of this living and of this being of who, you know, I profess to be and, and, and who we profess to be. But wisdom has a way of helping us to humble ourselves and go back and respect, meaning to go back and look at something anew. And this is one of the things that I got from wisdom when I went back and started looking at the doing. And that was that even when there is no action, no activity, no movement, there is still doing. And that being able to sit, being able to uh, reflect, to slow down, to uh, take a, uh, a, a, a revisit, if you will, of things is just as important as all the action and the activity, because it's in those times when we are looking at what we do, how we act, how, what we behave, and, and, and all of that, we can have leap, leaps and bounds of growth in who we are. And it's I'm still and I'm not going to even say that I'm finished with it because I wanted to not have this kind of conversation as the first thing coming back. But when I was like, OK, what are we doing? Because I have a whole bunch of different show notes and things. And wisdom was like, nope, you're starting right here. I was like, but ouch, <laughs> I'm not I'm not, you know, finished working through this. It's like, nope, you're starting right here. And so this is what I, I want to say. Uh, it sounds cliche-ish, I know, but I'm going to say it. And that is, we have enough. We do enough. We are enough. And no matter what is going on, whether you think you've got a bad case of apathy or disillusionment or you don't feel like doing anything, in that not doing, you're still doing. And that's pivotal uh, for our evolution and our growth within ourselves and being able to not put on yourself or ourselves any kind of labels of I'm lazy or um, I'm missing opportunity or whatever. And being able to just, you know, run your own race, if you will, to be okay with what's happening in your own life is real important. It brought me back to 
when I was a child. And I used to be very covetous as a child. I, I really, I spent so much time wanting what other people had. And I don't know where that came from because I wasn't raised like that and it wasn't a part of uh, my family. I, I don't understand it to this day, but I'm glad that I got a chance to see it and to start painfully working on it. And it wasn't until, I'll be honest, it wasn't until I got into college that I had to work on that. But being able to understand that about myself helped me to go back and look at and remember all the times that my mother was saying that to me in a loving way. You know, I've said this over and over again on uh, different podcasts, but my mother used to tell me and my siblings and I, uh, siblings and me, excuse me, (laughs) that if she could just get us to be happy with the grass in our own yard, she would have done her job. And of course, it has a myriad of different applications and understandings. But in this particular regard, looking back on it all these years later, I'm happy to say that I I really think that her desire and her petition as a parent is fruitful in my life and in the lives of my siblings. And I say that because as we're continuing to talk about these three little areas about when we're talking about keeping some in reserve and the first one being our definition of self, who we be, who we, what we do and what we have is important for us to be okay with what we do in comparison with what others do. Um, I had a wall and, and it wasn't a, a bad wall. It was just a wall that I hit maybe a few weeks ago where unconsciously I was running a race that was not on my own pace. And I think I'm going to be doing a podcast devoted to that one little area right there as well. I mean, I have it in my notes, but I think I might be doing that. But when I started realizing that I had taken my eye off of my own ball, off of my own goal, off of my own life, and I was trying to compete, not with anybody in particular, but with within what I had assumed the industry's pace was, I was woefully dejected. I was like, I can't keep up with this. I, 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 you know, and the more I tried, the harder it became for me to even keep the momentum that I did have. And it wasn't until I got to the point where I was like, you know what? You got to keep some in reserve. Thank you, wisdom. You've got to know that even when you're not, quote unquote, producing, you're still doing. And that the doing part of that be, do, have is just as important as the anchors on either side of it. And the doing part does have a time to shine, does get a time uh, to, to move forward, to inform us of who we are. And so I'm saying to you, dear beloved, I'm saying to you, lighten up, give yourself some slack. And be okay, because there are seasons and reasons for what we do. There are going to be times when your pace is going to be really fast. And there are going to be times and seasons when you just can't seem to make yourself do it. There are there have been many studies um, about procrastination. And the funny part is, is more and more studies are coming out that say that say procrastination is part of the process. It is not an affliction. It is just part of the process. 
Many of them are now of the thought that when we procrastinate, it is because our brains, our experiences, our database of evidence and learning has not been fulfilled to be able to accomplish the task at hand. And thus, we instinctively, it bypasses our understanding and we instinctively start to wander, daydream, do other things, uh, to gain more experience as well as give ourselves a break so that we don't tap and drain everything that it would take for us to do the task. As a writer, uh, it is frustrating when I can't move as fast as I would like or as I have in in previous books or times and wrestling with a word that just does not want to come and trying to force something. It's kind of like, to me, it's like the difference between margarine and butter. It's like, you know, I don't want butter, but that's what I'm churning. and I don't want that. Uh, And so if I would just slow down, relax and take that need to be producing like my industry would, I would see that maybe I'm producing margarine because I don't have all the necessary ingredients yet to produce the creamy butter that I would like to. And that hurts because there's a lot of guilt. There's a lot of, um, watching the clock, a lot of expectation from readers and and the like that happens. And wouldn't you know, wisdom was like, you know what? The fact that I finally got you to take the break, because I'm gonna I'm gonna just tell you guys, I was supposed to take the break back after like 360 episodes, but I kept pushing a little bit. And it wasn't that I was giving out of steam. It was that everything within me was like, enough, stop, 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 stop you know, and it wasn't even about a regrouping as much as it was about a coming to the crossroads of being in the middle and being able to replenish my database, to get new things in my database, to to grow a little so that I would have something to give and to share. And that's when I started realizing that, oh my gosh, I have fallen back into old habits and old haunts. Now, I'm not covetous. I, I, I don't want what other people want necessarily, not that I know of, but, and I know I probably just erased everything I just said, but I did want the momentum, the speed that other people had with, with production whether it was with my books, with my podcast, with my teachings, um, with uh, my relationships. And it was just like, you know what? No. And I felt like I was boxing with the wind. And it was because it was a lesson that wisdom was wanting to take me through that couldn't be rushed. And so with keeping something in reserve, you got to have something to sustain you when these times come. If I have to give uh, an analogy, I would say it feels like being at the bottom of the of the wave when you're going through this time and on either side there are these tumultuous and daunting wave peaks crest and you're like oh my gosh i'm in the middle of this i'm in the bottom of this will i be able to get enough strength momentum excitement anything to do what it takes 
to get up on top of that wave. And what I've what I'm coming to realize now is that that is not the question to be asked. Instead, the question to be asked is this, and this is what I got in my reasoning uh, with wisdom, was at times like this, we have the gift of being able to see from a different perspective how high and how fast and 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 all of those things we've been doing with that with those waves and we get a chance at that bottom to be able to review and ask ourselves now this is the wisdom smack you guys is what i'm doing or what i've been doing a penalty to me or has it been a prize is it a penalty where it takes something from me? It penalizes me. It causes me harm, duress, pain, or whatever, but it depletes me. Or is it a prize? Is it a reward? Is it a completion? Is it something that is going to propel me to the next wave? Is it something that is going to help me to continue to move forward? And I'm going to tell you, when you're at the bottom of that wave, when you're in that time, for some of us, it feels like there is no momentum. It feels like you're on a sailboat with not even a, the slightest of breeze and you're making no headway. Or for some of us, it might feel like I just don't want to do anything. I don't know what I want. I have no passion. I just don't care. That means that this is the time for you to be really clear, because guess what? There is not a lot of emotional tugging going on. There, you're not being duped, if you will, by um, uh, the glitz and glitter of all the shininess and all the things that could be possibly influencing us when we are in those times of great momentum and riding the crest of the waves and all of that. And so because of that, we get a chance and we get this gift when everything is still. I remember, you know, um, growing up and my grandparents talking about being still, collecting yourself so that you can hear the small voice, the still small voice. And I used to be like, I don't know what the still small voice is, but I will tell you, it's times like this when you might feel like I'm not moving. I'm guilty about this. Nothing is happening. I, no matter how I try, I'm either procrastinating or I'm wanting to do something and can't bring myself to do it. It may not be that you're out of alignment. It may be that you're right in the pocket, right where you're supposed to be so that you can get this wisdom that only comes, this rare kind of wisdom where you have this circumspection of view without all of the emotion uh, fiddling with your ability to process and understand. Being able to be in that middle, in that crossroads, being able to be detached so that you can look at it with an antiseptic view will help you to be able to see a lot of things that maybe you've been doing are truly a penalty instead of a prize. So that brings me to the next section, and that is, what we do when it comes to who we think we are as doers and being able to keep some in reserve in this regards means that we get a chance 
to look and see, do we own or lease our own lives? Yeah, I went there. I just said it. When you look at all the stuff you do, of what you call yourself, how you define yourself, how you answer when someone says, what do you do? When you get to this point, when you know, I'm, I'm, you know, you're, you're, you're hobbling along, you're feeling depleted. You're like, I don't know if I can go another further. <laughs> or maybe you're in that apathetic stage where you're like, I just don't feel like doing anything. You get an opportunity to look and see who really owns my time. Is it me or is it others? And I'm not saying that if you clearly know that you're leasing your life, that you're necessarily wrong because there's a time, a reason, and a season for everything. That may be the price you have to pay to get to where you need to be because people are in different uh, walks of life. People are in different phases of their lives. And there are certain things that are mandatory that you must have in order to get what you ultimately want. So it's not about this being bad. It's simply about understanding. Is this you owning your life at the right time? Or is this about you leasing your life? At the right time. Now, let me quickly, you know, give you a quick definition of what I mean with regards to owning and leasing. And at first, when I was starting to deal with this weeks ago, it was all about what is my obligation to people? Um, wh- what do I owe them? Uh, wh- wh- what have I unconsciously entered into contract with that I must fulfill? And if I thought I was doing something by really going through that part. But then it started to morph as these things do when wisdom gets a hold of you. And it started moving, not necessarily to what I owed or, 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 or any of that kind of stuff, as much as it was, is this your ownership of your future self, meaning this is what you're doing so that you can be the person that you have projected yourself to be? Or is this leasing your life for a season to teach you something and you are fulfilling this so that you can learn or grab or get what you need so that you can then own your life? Uh, some people say, oh, it's like working for somebody when I know that I want to own my own business, but I'll work for that person while I learn how to do certain things and while I grow my seed and saving so that I can do. So th- I don't want you to get that I'm saying that leasing your life is bad. Now, the only time either one of these are bad is when they're out of alignment with what you're supposed to be doing and what you're doing. And the very fact that you have gotten to the danger zone of depleting your resources means that you need to look at these things. And so owning your life and leasing your life. For some people, it's bad when you own your life, when you don't have any kind of um, support, you don't have the reserves, you don't have uh, the the backup. You, you're out there with nothing. No, no. It's like you're in the middle of a desert with a car with no oil in the engine and no gas in the tank. But yet and still, you're trying to push this car through the desert to get where you're wanting to. It's like it's all on you. If you're feeling that way, 
that might mean that you are possibly, maybe sort of, kind of, supposed to get some help. Let people know I need help. Reach out, however that is, whether it's telling your family, look, I can't do all of this. I can't be the one keeping everybody's time clock, keeping everybody on schedule. I am depleted. Or it may be where you say, look, um, I need a break. I can't, I can't deal with having the weight of everyone's life on my back. I can't be the one that has to keep it together all the time. And likewise, if you have been leasing your life and you have that hollow feeling that you're supposed to be doing more, that might be your wake up call that this is what you're moving into. And so being able to figure out whether you own or lease your life in the right season of your your life is real important. And that's something that you can learn. And then the last part where I talked about um, your relationship when it comes to others. And I... (laughs) I have talked about this a lot. And and the only reason why I kind of even hesitated there is because I'm not going the way that I thought I was going to be going when I started looking at this. And the thing is, is when we're in this doing phase, whether it's doing or not doing, whether it's looking at whether we are, uh, what we've been doing is a penalty or a prize, or if we are supposed to be owning or leasing our lives, um, when we look and deal with others, we have to look at not necessarily what we do as much as what we say. Yeah, because it's at times like this, to keep some in reserve also means to hold thy tongue, not say everything, keep some things close to the chest. And so because of that, I uh, I heard this uh, saying, I wish I could remember where I heard it a long time ago. And I like to, you know, keep things that are, that just really hit me so I can review them. And the statement is simple. It says, there are no doors built in people's mouths. I'm gonna say that one again. There are no doors built in people's mouths. It means people talk. And the thing is, is for me, when I was reflecting on that in the relationship with others, it wasn't about others, quote unquote, telling my business as much as it's about me opening my mouth with no doors for what's going on. And the reason why I say that, and I definitely think I'm going to be talking about pacing and all of these things in another podcast. But for me, what I started realizing is, is that we're in a time compression now and things happen faster than they ever did. It seems like 24 hours is now only really feeling like 16 hours because things just go by so fast. And thus, when we say things with emotion, they come to pass really fast. And I was like, you know what? I need to institute some doors on my mouth. I can't, you know, say everything that I am contemplating, you know, or whatever. Sometimes it should be held. Sometimes, and I'm not saying hold it inside because I journal and I think that's very healthy. But sometimes it should be looked at with respect and awe for it to, you know, for for the necessary um, 
things to happen to it, to be sanitized, to, to uh, be analyzed and not given um, a, a, a platform. Again, growing up, uh, learning, you know, Bible verses and things and, 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 and the little statement that says where two or more are gathered, it'll be established. And I was like, you know what? Oh my gosh, I am putting forth without filter, without scrutiny, things that are just thoughts that I possibly didn't even think that I wanted to take flight or even give life to. And I need to shut my mouth. I need to shut the doors. And so I, I want to implore you to take a look at keeping some in reserve. Don't tell it all. Have a time where uh, if there are thoughts that are rumbling around, maybe keep the, your own counsel and allow yourself to work with it with wisdom if you dare, you know, to to investigate. Why am I even thinking about this? What is going on? Um, is this something that I'm interested in? Or is this just a, a wayward thought? Or better yet, is this even a thought of mine? Or is this something I'm receiving through the zeitgeist? You'll be amazed when you start asking those questions. And so it gets to be a little different. But I want to make sure that I'm being as humbly transparent to serve you with what is something that I guess a lot of people don't want to talk about. And that is that a lot of times we need to put our thoughts through a qualification and stop the ones that are not either for us or are just space junk, <laughs> thought junk, if you will, you know, because it matters. So in my last few minutes with you, I want to go over what we've talked about today and give you a quick little recap so that this will make it tied up in a cute little bow. All right. And so when we were talking about keep some in reserve, we talked about the doing part of, of who we are. And I work on this, this, this triune of be, do, and have, meaning human being, human doing, human having. But at this particular time, today was all about that middle part, the human doing, what we do. And learning that instead of looking at human being as a priority over human doing, sometimes, or maybe if that's your thing, look at that middle part of human doing as something that affects both sides of it, the being as well as the having. And with that, being able to break it down into three areas where looking at human doing, my doing, or your doing with regards to how you look at yourself, then your human doing as a part of what you do, and then human doing in relation to others and how you do that. And we talked about uh, human doing the first part, looking at things as whether they're a penalty or a prize. And then the next part, looking to see if you own or lease your life. And the last part is putting a door on your own mouth about things. And so guess what? Yeah, my time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom with today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. Mm -hmm.
Huh. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and thank you so much for listening. That'll do it for today. Have a wonderful one. I will see you very, very soon. All right. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, Uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.